You're listening to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe, the European Association for Solar Power. Join us as we shine a light on the latest developments in the solar sector. Hello and welcome to Shine On, a podcast by Solar Power Europe. I'm your host, Lucas Clark Memler, and in this series, Sustainability Champions, we are shining a spotlight on people and companies leading the charge with sustainability efforts. In this episode, I will be talking with Martin Hackel, Global Director Solar Energy at Fronius International. So thanks for being here today, Martin. Can I ask where you're calling in from? Of course, sure. I'm calling from Wales. That's a city in Upper Austria. And that's also the place where the sales and marketing of Fronius International is situated. That's great. And is the sun shining in Austria today? Yeah, it's pretty sunny. There are some small but growing cumulus clouds, and I would guess that we will have some thunderstorms in the afternoon, but we have very enjoyable 25 degrees at the moment. That sounds wonderful. So why don't we start, Martin, with you introducing yourself to our listeners and telling us a little bit about your responsibilities at Fromius. Perfect. Yeah, my name is Martin Hackel. I have around 26 years of experience in the renewable energy sector, and I'm a very strong believer in a world with 100% renewable energy. I joined Fronios 19 years ago and started in sales for Latin America, and I lived a few years in Mexico and built up as a general manager our operations there in this very beautiful country. And since 2011, I am the global director in sales and marketing of the business units Solar Energy at Fromis International. And together with my team, we take care for global sales, the, all the communication activities in more than 60 export countries. And we take care of our 22 subsidiaries, the product management, the tech support, customer care, training and education and our partner program, which we call the Fronio Solution Program. As well, we also participate in code and standard committees. That sounds like you've had a, a varied and interesting career. I'd like to talk a little bit about sustainability because that's the topic of the day. So perhaps you could discuss the overall sustainability strategy of Fronius. And while you're doing that, also maybe touch on some of the sustainability milestones and, and other successes that you've achieved. Yeah, that's a very interesting and a very long story at Fronius, I would say, because Fronius started based on a kind of sustainability concept and developed into a global technology company. The history of Fronius and sustainability began already in 1945 because in those days, charging vehicle batteries was not a simple matter and batteries were thrown away very frequently, the starting batteries. And our founder, Günther Fronius, was looking at this waste of resources and began to design his first battery charger in order to extend the life of a starting battery in the cars. And yeah, nowadays, of course, sustainability is more than ever a corporate value. We develop sustainable and innovative solutions for our customers while striving to make a positive contribution to the environment and society. 
And we are also as a company, I would say a very strong believer that sustainability warranties also long-term economic success for us. The decarbonization is, of course, one of the core elements of this sustainability strategy. And we are investing in energy-saving technologies and through a responsible approach to resources, we save, of course, both energy and material costs. We set ourselves goals of moving completely away from fossil energy carriers and instead using renewable energy sources at our site, for example, where we go very far in our sustainability strategies when we look at our product life cycle in our product. And maybe that's also a good point where I could bring an example with our newest product, the Gen24 Plus Inverter, which is a new inverter platform where we, the first time from the first mark of the developer in a drawing till the end of the life of the product, we fulfill the highest standards in sustainability. So each step in this value chain from the sourcing of components for the inverter, the production itself, logistics, the installation, repairing, the reuse after the end of life were analyzed and optimized. Maybe that's interesting to understand how that works because it's a really enormous work package. We needed around one year in analyzing the lifecycle footprint of this inverter platform. And we did that together with external sustainability experts. And we achieved very top gradings in all these phases for this product lifecycle from the procurement and production through the usage and the disposal of the inverter. And to give you a kind of, of number, the inverter itself has a CO2 payback time depending on the place where it's installed and the energy harvest from one or even below one year to around three years. So the environmental benefit, I would say, is up to 20 times greater than the energy which is required to manufacture and operate this inverter, as well as the reuse and disposal of the, the waste. Yeah, that, that's it, I guess, at that point of time. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great answer. And I think that gives us a very good sense of, of, the, of the history and the strategy and, and also, of course, of a success. So that's, that's, a, that's a great place to start. Before we keep talking more about the successes and the projects, perhaps you could also introduce some of the challenges, both internally and externally, that you faced and overcome, or, or maybe even that you expect to face in the years ahead. Yeah, there are several challenges in this, I would say, complex topic. One important or uh, a huge challenge is generally the need of transparency, consistency, and also traceability. Because if you want to improve the product, 
you need facts and scientific evidence to all the parameters and not just rough estimations in order to improve the whole process or in order to improve the whole product. Another one is that sustainability actions need more time than we would wish that they need because it needs investments. It needs the people in your team and a very deep interdisciplinary knowledge which you need to build up. The really and maybe the, the most complex challenge is that you need in order that you understand the sustainability aspects of your own product and your solution, you need to involve the whole value chain of the PV system in your sustainability actions. And that's really complex if you see that up and also downstream because it involves the resources, it involves the supply, the manufacturing, the sales, the use, but also then the deployment and the recycling of your product in 20 years. And what else? Yeah, a sustainable solar industry, of course, also needs, a, my opinion, a very healthy portion of European solar value chain in order to deeply and also more independently support the European ambitions on climate protection. That's definitely a challenge for our industry. And yeah, another challenge, I also see that's more a systemic energy transition topic. I also find, for example, in the discussion around the future of hydrogen, where we as an industry promote very strongly, of course, renewable-based hydrogen, because fossil-based hydrogen is definitely not the answer to our climate crisis. So at Fronius, you have a vision of 24 hours of sun. Could you tell us a little bit more about what this means and also how this shapes your products? Yeah, Lucas, uh, you're right. We have a vision which we call Vision of 24 Hours of Sun, and it describes a future in which 100% of the world's energy is covered by renewable sources. And we know that's pretty challenging because most renewables like sun and wind are fluctuating sources of energy. And with our innovations at Fronius, we want to bring the sun from the summer into the winter and from the day into the night. That is the reason for the name of the vision. We make 24 hours of sun possible. And we are therefore concentrating on solutions to intelligently, efficiently, and uh, of, of course also economically generate, store, distribute, and consume solar energy in a very intelligent way. And the vision of 24 hours of sun affects us in our organization, our work every day. Every decision we make, every, I would say, every path we choose, the vision is our North Star and helps us to make the right decisions and take the right path. All the products and solutions which we need to turn our vision of 24 hours sun into reality are already here. It's not that we need to invent solar energy now or photovoltaics now. It's just a question of starting to implement it. And the vision also helps our leadership team at Fronios and all our employees 
but also our partners to focus on the right segments and gives a good orientation for, let's say, the future of our product portfolio. Besides that, I would say a huge motivation for all of us. I mean, who does not want to be bad and participate in the transition of 24 hours of sun? And our vision also goes so far that we invite our downstream partners and customers to be part of this 24-hour sun movement because at the end of the day, it needs each single step in the energy transition because today it's an energy-saving management you establish, a PV system, a battery, but later on maybe you get your first step into immobility or you start using environmental-friendly heating or cooling systems. And with our Fronius System Partner Network, we help each single prosumer with her or his personal energy transition. That's the idea of the vision of 24 hours of sun. That's that's great. And of course, at Solar Power Europe, we're, we're big fans and we look forward to, to watching this vision evolve. To to shift a little bit more personally, as you mentioned, you've worked at Fronius for, for over 20 years now, I think you said. How has the company's approach to sustainability changed over the last two decades? And again, if there's any if there's been any successes or challenges that have surprised you or any any aspects of how the uh, the the approach to sustainability has developed. Yeah, that's a good one. Looking carefully at the resources always has been a kind of DNA of Fronius. And even, uh, I guess, before I, I started to work at Fronius, uh, I would say since the foundation of the, in the year 1945. But, of course, the approach to sustainability changed a lot during the last years. 20 years ago, the topic of climate change started to accelerate and our own carbon footprint became very central in our activities and daily decisions. When we buy energy or when we construct a new building or choose a new supplier, we nowadays use, of course, a carbon footprint as a decision parameter. And that definitely has changed when I look back. A major change I also see in the systemic approach to sustainability, which of course is a more new or something of the last decade. Uh, today we are measuring sustainability because only what you measure you can control. And understanding our own carbon footprint and from where it is coming is essential to make improvements in the footprint. We are building a decarbonization roadmap, but we do not stop at our own organization. We also try to help, for example, our employees to optimize their footprint on their way to work, for example, or also discuss decarbonization with our suppliers in order to improve the footprint of the supplied goods from them. What also motivates enormously is that the employees are, I would say, the main driver of moving us in sustainability aspects forward. I think it's somehow a intrinsic wish of the whole team to preserve the world for our next generations. And when the organization is open and we in Fronius, we are open for ideas, 
you never will suffer of two less ideas. So that's really motivating. And what surprised me generally, because that was one of your questions, is how much you also can do in very traditional industries. Fronius has three business units. So solar energy is one of them, the youngest. But for example, we are also having a business unit which is working in the field of welding. And they develop very successfully welding systems. And now welding is not, in the first sight, not the cleanest industrial process, isn't it? But our colleagues developed amazing innovations in order to optimize the sustainability aspects of this industrial process, besides producing the most energy-efficient welding machines in the market, for example. They also developed welding processes, uh, creating less batteries or being able to weld much thinner sheets, metal sheets, in order to reduce the weight of the final product. So I think there are always opportunities to do something more sustainable. And I think that's something what Fronius generally does in all our businesses very well. Yes, and that's interesting to hear about, as you said, sustainability in, in, in more traditional areas. Because, yes, we can we can expect it and should hope for it in solar, but that's that's great to hear that it's existing in these other areas too. So talking a little bit more about your 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 personal experience, I, I'd really like to hear about how sustainability manifests in your day-to-day life. So you've talked a lot about Fronius and the company, but I'd like to hear about how you yourself see sustainability as manifesting and you know maybe some things you're doing to to leave the smallest possible carbon footprint. Yeah, what do I personally, maybe I describe it or start where I live. I personally live with my family in the former farmer's house in the countryside in a very small village surrounded with forests. And we are very, very lucky because we have a strong organic farmer community around us. We have a 24-hour self-service shop in the middle of this small village where we get almost everything what we need for eating and cooking from local farmers. So that's, of course, great. And we are very lucky to to have this kind of situation. But we also adopted our diet as good as possible to the seasonal offerings in order to avoid long transport and also to strengthen the local supply Besides that, we also grow our own vegetables and fruits and use different preserving techniques for later consumption as a family activity. Waste avoidance and recycling is a topic. We separate different kinds of waste like glass, polyethylene, polypropylene, the tetrapacks, the paper, the cartoons, cartons, the metals, and so on. And we deliver them to our local waste collection center. We also look into great products, but we also challenged as a family, for example, when it comes to textiles where sustainability is really very difficult to understand and to make clever decisions. Yeah, besides that, I tried to avoid short distance flights and use the train instead. I imagine there is already now even an overnight train from Austria to Brussels, which is great because uh, our meetings in solar 
Power Europe now do not need any longer a flight from Austria to Brussels, which is great. Yes, exactly. So, and of course, that somehow clear generate my own energy by using a PV system. I guess that's not a huge surprise. I have a battery installed, which supplies the house during the night. And for the rest of the energy, I use certified green illicit tree from our electricity supplier. For heating, we installed a, a heat pump, which uses the energy source soil. That means there are kind of tubes in the, in the soil where liquid collects the energy. And that's also very environmental heating and also cooling system for summer. And since six years, I use an electric car where I try to use as much electrical power from my own PV system when it's possible. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great overview of a very sustainable life. So congratulations. And I think a lot of us will be motivated to, to try to shift some of our own practices after hearing about that. As a final note, Martin, I like to ask all my guests for recommendations. So is there perhaps a, a book or a documentary or, or something else that listeners could look to to learn more about sustainability or, or solar in general? When it comes to sustainability, I would recommend two books. They were very eye-opening for me because they have a very holistic approach to sustainability and try to explain how we or mankind has to learn to live within the limits on the Earth's bioproductive capacity and the boundaries of limited resources. And is not so much, a, or there are not books which explain technically how energy transition could work. These are two, these two books are one is called Climate, a new story from Charles Einstein. And the other one, which has a very systemic approach and which I like a lot, is called Designing Regenerative Cultures. And this book is from Daniel Christian Wahl. That sounds really interesting. I will add both of those to my list. Do you have any other comments or, or last words, Martin, before we go? Yeah, maybe generally, uh, as many of the listeners are coming from the renewable sector or from sustainability sectors or industries, I would express, let's say, I wish for all of us, and this wish is that I really hope that the solar industry can go far beyond of just supplying a decarbonization technology and looks very deep into all kind of sustainability aspects and very probably these are very well described with the free peace, the planet, the people, the profit. And I really would like that we as an industry show best practices in these three areas. That's great. And thanks for that message. And thanks for your time, Martin. I've, I've enjoyed this and I'm sure our listeners will too. Sustainability means more than simply reducing emissions. To be sustainable requires taking into account the environmental, economic, and social dimension of the entire value chain. 
Solar Power Europe recently released its first ever Solar Sustainability Best Practices Benchmark, which investigates key sustainability considerations for the solar sector, presenting state-of-the-art sustainability practices. Discover all the insights of the study at solarpowereurope.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, shine on.